Shortly before Christmas of 2023, Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation that could reduce penalties the governor and state lawmakers put in place in 2021 for nursing homes that don't meet statutory spending levels on staff. The new law creates an exception for those initial penalties if the facility can demonstrate they're decreasing their reliance on temporary staffing agencies, which are costly and are generally opposed by the state's powerful healthcare labor organizations. To discuss the state's latest approach to addressing staffing levels at nursing homes were joined on the Capitol Press Room by Senate Health Committee Chair Gustavo Rivera, a Bronx Democrat who sponsored the new law. Welcome back to the show, Senator. Pleasure to be with you, sir. And Happy New Year to you and your your team. Thank you very much. So why was it time to create a carve out, for lack of a better word, in the state's 2021 mandates, which required nursing homes spend at least 70% of revenue on direct patient care and essentially cap profits at 5%? Well, first of all, let's let's make sure that we that we recognize that that bill is still law. So that is still that is still the law and that is still the requirements that have to be met. But the thing is that there has to be a recognition that there is a serious workforce shortage issue across the healthcare field, you know, as a whole. Matter of fact, I spent a few months late last year traveling around the state doing roundtables on this very same issue going as far as uh, you know, Rochester Syracuse, Buffalo, et cetera. So this is a this is an ongoing issue. So as a recognition of that, the bill that you're talking about was a one bill that ultimately was a negotiated agreement between unions that represent healthcare workers as well as folks in the industry to create a demonstration program to to say, like, listen, if you can demonstrate that in good faith, that you are in good faith trying to to meet the standards and rely less on on temporary staffing. And to talk about that for a second. When you are not meeting the standards with staff that you can hire full time, you go to temporary staff, and that is incredibly expensive, right? And and so we are trying to and we're trying to get reliance on on temporary staff to come down. So we are creating a demonstration program. It's four years long, to see good actors who are trying to do the best that they can and can demonstrate that they're trying to do the best that they can to rely less on temporary staffing and meet the requirements that provide to provide care for their patients to get a little bit of a break on the fines. And we're not talking about elimination of these fines. We're talking about reduction in them. We're not talking about elimination. Contract workers, though, who are brought on through staffing agencies are generally much more costly than actually just having full-time staff. So why do nursing homes need an incentive to reduce their use of them? Isn't the cost itself a good enough incentive? Let's let's be honest here. And, and again, let me be absolutely clear. I was a proud sponsor of the bill originally on staffing both at the hospital and at the nursing home side because we want to make sure that we crack down on bad actors. Okay. This does not eliminate them, eliminate the standards, and it does not eliminate the the penalties for those folks who are not obeying them. But it's kind of putting good actors between a rock and a hard place. If we're saying to them, you must meet these standards, and they're telling us we can't find the staff unless we go into our pockets and pay much more for much more expensive temporary staff, and we go get them out of state or from other parts of the state. It's one thing to say that it was, uh, that it was something that, that the industry asked for, and we just said, yes, that's not what happened here. This bill was a negotiated agreement between the folks who represent the workers as well as the industry uh, in recognition that there are good actors who are trying to do the best that they can, but they're having a big challenge. So 
I, I thought that it was the correct way to go. In addition to then highlighting the overall shortage of staff in the healthcare space, does this bill really shine a spotlight on the increased prevalence since the arrival of COVID-19 of these temporary staffing agencies and how people who work for them are able to earn a lot more per day? And that seems to be the the real crux of getting people to, to move away from those potentially alluring part-time or, or contract jobs for full-time, potentially lower-paying jobs? The situation that was created, that it, it would certainly got worse during the pandemic. It wasn't, it wasn't unexistent, inexistent before, but it, right. it definitely got worse during the pandemic, uh, made it so that this type of work is very, uh, is, it, certainly we can make, you can make a good dollar doing this work uh, as a temporary as a temporary worker as a temporary nurse for example and i'm not going to blame those folks who are trying to make a better trying to make more money for their family that's just the reality of the overall situation it kind of put us in this uh, it kind of put us in this bind this is the reason why we need to do many things to try to get facilities as well as hospitals to rely less on these types of uh, on these types of services this is one bill that specifically deals with nursing homes and uh, and as it relates to that standard that we talked about earlier, there would be there's likely going to be things in the near future that deal with uh, similar situations in hospitals. And, and again, this is the reason why last year I spent something like three months traveling around the state, talking to stakeholders in every corner of the state related to this issue because workforce shortages are a real thing. You know that's impacted the entire healthcare system. And there's going to be folks who take advantage of it. Uh, and so that whether it's companies, uh, and, and I don't want to be, it's, it's just the reality of the situation creates opportunities for people. Um, you know, and then we want to, we, what we want to do is prioritize care for patients and individuals who are uh, uh, in these, in these situations. So that's why, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to do everything that we can to create situations in which uh, the standards can be met so that people can be taken care of. Uh, and there's that, and the money, a lot of it, which is state money, which is Medicaid money, flows in a more efficient and effective way. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about uh, staffing in the healthcare industry with Senate Health Committee Chair Gustavo Rivera, a Bronx Democrat. So, when it comes to this reliance on contract healthcare employees, does there need to be more of a focus? on maybe controlling the costs of these staffing agencies, whether that's putting mandates on profits that they can realize or putting into place new incentives for people to take on full-time jobs. Are are those potential areas where the legislature and governor should be getting more involved? It's it's a tough issue to regulate, certainly. I would say, first of all, to back up for a second, having permanent staff is better because it promotes better patient care. It has uh, longer term relationships between patients and care providers occur when that when you have permanent staff, and that is better. That's better for everybody. Um, but you know we need to make sure that these folks get paid adequately, and that has been has, has been you know that has been tough. We've been fighting on that one for a while. It is certainly an area that we should potentially get involved. And as I said, this is this is one of the reasons uh, I'll, I'll repeat it for the third time. Uh, last, late last year, did these tours around the state uh, and, and made a stops in like four or five different cities around the state, meeting with 
dozens of stakeholders from every corner of the state, both from industries and workers, and patient advocates, et cetera, all around the fact that there, that there is a serious workforce shortage issue across the, the, the entire healthcare system. And so there is, there's always going to be a need for some temporary staff, even, even in an ideal situation. That is true, uh, but we have, to, we have to work hard to create the conditions where more full-time staff is hired uh, so that people can be taken care of in, in a better way. So it's, it, it's an incredibly tough issue, to cha- a challenging issue to regulate, but I do believe that is one of the things that we need to tackle to deal with this workforce issue. A few days ago, the state got a approval from Washington, D.C. for a health care waiver that's going to increase our access to federal dollars and our, and our sort of flexibility for this larger pool of money. Do you see that as an avenue to potentially address the health care shortage, or is that money primarily dealing with uh, access to health care for New Yorkers? It potentially can, uh, and for those folks who have not uh, who are not familiar, there's a uh, there's a series of, of waivers. These are basically we're asking the federal government for permission to use uh, Medicaid money in a creative way. There's different ways that we can go through it. Uh, this is a long document. It basically is an approval. We requested an amount of money, uh, and then we uh, we've got less money than we asked for. And it is an enormous document that we're still going through. We just got it a couple of days ago. Um, potentially, it could help us to address the, the the shortage here. There's absolutely a need to deal with the work, with the healthcare workforce shortage that we have across the board, whether we're talking about nursing homes or. Uh, home care workers, hospital workers, nurses, doctors, et cetera. I mean, this is an ongoing thing and it's not just in the state of New York. Uh, this this federal money hopefully will be is part of what we can use to actually help us solve it. Uh, but uh, but we need probably more than just this waiver. Staying with Medicaid, there's a ongoing push from some on the left to pull out one of the so-called middlemen in the delivery of home care for uh, Medicaid patients. These are these managed long-term care plans with the argument being that they're not actually a benefit to the delivery of the system. And if they were to be exercised, they could potentially save billions of dollars. Is that a way to generate more revenue for the healthcare staffing needs in New York? Or do you feel, as the insurers do, that uh, they provide a meaningful service in this uh, healthcare delivery chain. First first I would challenge the notion that this is a left right issue. This is a this is a a money issue. We we can call it a a fiscally conservative issue. The reality is that these and this they're talking about a bill that I introduced just recently to get rid of managed long-term care plans and transition to a fee for service for long-term care patients in the state of New York. And look, I think that that there is a lot of money, a ton of money, potentially billions of dollars a year, that's being kept by these long-term that these these managed long-term care plans and is not flowing to actual care. That is the problem, and that and so that's not a left-right issue. That's just a that's just a we need more money for the system issue. And so yes, we we can achieve efficiencies and we can keep more of that money though it goes to care. Uh, we're hopeful that part of it would be making sure that we can uh, maybe pay the folks who take care of uh, long-term care patients better. Uh, 
you know, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, if you, if you were able to have, uh, even if you were conservative in our estimate and we could save a billion dollars and the, 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 the calculations are much more than that, but let's just be really conservative <laughs> and say that by making this change and getting rid of, uh, of these companies to that, that currently manage the system, uh, that we could save a billion dollars a year, that billion dollars could be then reinvested in the system uh, in ways that would actually allow us to take better care of people. So I, you know, I'm call me fiscally conservative, sir, but that's the, that's the way that we need to move on this, I believe. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. We've been speaking with the Senate Health Committee Chair, Gustavo Rivera. He is a Bronx Democrat. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Pleasure to be with you, sir. Looking forward to many conversations this year. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Join us again for Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.